Welcome to The Virtual Shift, a show looking at the seismic changes happening in healthcare with virtual care at the epicenter. Join me and my guests as we look at key cultural and policy shifts impacting how providers, payers, and patients connect, as well as how care is being reimagined both for today and the future. Hello, and thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Tom Foley. You can learn more about this show by visiting the program on healthcarenowradio.com, and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, at FoleyTom and the hashtag, the virtual shift. Today, we have a very special guest, Michael Banafino. He is the president and COO of Care Agility. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Tom. Michael, Care Agility provides some very unique and special uh, solutions in the telehealth market. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Care Agility's position in the market? Sure. So, so my career, I've, I've been involved in video communications for virtually my whole career. In fact, I was a CEO of a company that has a number of patents for video over IP. And we took a different approach in that we focused on really solving the problem of one of the hardest applications to support, which is two-way video communications, as opposed to some folks that really took it from the provider side or the commercial side. Uh, and so we really um, designed a, a solution that's in, intended for purpose-built for the healthcare systems. We are primarily in the uh, inpatient side, although we do support outpatient as well. And our solution is purpose-built with devices um, that we designed specifically for healthcare and a cloud-based application that allows customers to use virtual care and virtually any workflow within the health system. So you're specifically inpatient Tell us what's unique about your platform. You talk about video, and I always say it's and video is not video. Uh, and and if it's just video, anybody can do that. Tell us sure. a little bit more about why it's not just video. Yeah, and and it's it's such a good point. So video is a commodity, right? We're doing this, you know, through Teams or Zoom, but building video into a workflow in a healthcare environment is different. And, and you need to take into consideration the special requirements. And so we started out uh, our business fo- focused on the ICU. Customers were doing tele-ICU remote monitoring of patients, and they needed special functionality. Uh, they needed to have high-end Zoom. We have 30x Zoom cameras to be able to look at the IV bags and look at the pupils of the, the patient. We have the ability, and I, I'm a promote, proponent that audio is the most important part of a video call. Um, because as long as you have good quality audio, you can deal with anomalies in the video. Uh, and so we actually developed a proprietary technology that allows the clinician on the far end to change the gain on the microphone if it's a low talking patient um, or raise the volume for the speaker in case the patient can't hear them. So there's no remote control. There's nothing in the room that the patient or the nurse in the room has to do. Everything is done through a cloud application. We also have night vision on all of our apps. So if you're an ICU clinician remotely monitoring a patient, you don't have to turn the lights on in the room to get a good picture of what's going on in that room. And we've extended that functionality across all the modalities. So while we started in ICU, now we have solutions for virtual sitting. We are being used in workflows uh, for things like behavioral health, for telestroke. And all of our technology is consistent across the different workflows. And the ability to zoom in on a, on a patient uh, to do potentially an examination or just to get a better sense of that uh, that patient's is uh, totally controlled by the remote physician. 
Right. And, and think of it, even if it's, let's say the nurse is in there doing or changing a dressing and they want, um, you know, the remote clinician or, or cardiologist or someone to, to see something, the nurse doesn't have to do anything. That person can control the camera and zoom in and see what they need to see without, without having to, um, you know, have someone make a change in the room. And I, I got to imagine that the CareAgility platform, telehealth at the bedside, uh, ICU, non-ICU experience, uh, with hospitals challenged with uh, resource demands and shortages, allowing the doctor to be, I'll just say stationary, wherever they might be, but bringing them and then still having a quality encounter with that patient is has got to be um, life-saving in many ways. Sure. You thought? Yeah. You know, I, I think what, what happened during COVID was a lot of the, the hype and the attention was on that, you know, I'm in the home, I don't have to visit the doctor and I can get my prescription, you know, via that tele virtual telesession. And, and while that certainly went up and reached a new level, it settled out. But what, what has quietly been happening is virtual care with, within the inpatient environment has grown tremendously because now these physicians have realized that, that they can uh, work efficiently with patients via a virtual care session. And, and so what we're seeing are uh, a couple of things that were happening before COVID but got exacerbated. Resource challenges are certainly a, a key. Um, doctors, you know, realizing that they can get more productivity rather than walking around a hospital for rounds, they could potentially do those virtually and then see more patients um, as a result of it. So what we're seeing is this hybrid care. People at the bedside married with folks who can attend virtually. And what that has created is this concept that I kind of need to be able to see and hear in every room in order for that to work. I can't just have it in some rooms because then I have to figure out how to get a cart in there or, or figure out the doctor needs to know if that room has a, has a camera. So the, our philosophy, and there's something we called IV, inpatient virtual engagement, is how can we enable hospitals to be able to deploy fleets of these across all their rooms in an affordable way, but also in a way that they can manage it and the technology doesn't become an impediment to giving care it's just a natural occurrence in giving care. Yeah, and and that's really key. And technology can be very cumbersome, and if you create friction in the process, it becomes really uh, a tool that is not likely to be used. Right? Sure. It just sits on the wall with the with the off button on. But the point is, is that it's awesome in that again, you're you're addressing some very critical needs in the inpatient arena, and that is maximizing the opportunity for doctor to see their patients and to be able to leverage technology in doing so, leveraging the nurse at the bedside to be that assistant, if you will. So in, you know, in the classic case of telehealth pre-COVID, we had these originating sites. The patient still had to go to a facility right. uh, and the doctor was still on the other side of the internet here. So it was important to still have that nurse to do that high acuity encounter. And to your point, the nurse is taking off the bandage. The doctor can zoom in and look at the wound and, and best provide uh, a clinical guidance to that nurse and to the patient on what to do uh, next. I have some notes here about care agility and the continuous monitoring using uh, remote nursing staff. Tell us a little bit more about what care sure. agility is doing there. 
again, out of our basis of the ICU, the way ICU monitoring happens is they tend to watch telemetry, right? They're watching vital signs of the patient. And then every once in a while, they're kind of popping in. So it's a, it's not a, it's continuous monitoring, but not continuous video call in, into the room. So we needed to make sure that we provided a solution that was flexible enough to always be on, but give the clinicians or nurses the ability to come in whenever, whenever it needed to. Uh, and so what we're seeing is folks leveraging virtual care across a number of different modalities. And virtual nursing is a, is a really important one where we have one customer who's doing admissions and discharges with a telenurse. And, and that's buying back 45 minutes, an hour per day for a floor nurse that doesn't have to do that with their patients. And so they're starting with, you know, tasks that can save time for the floor nurses and then also potentially in, in improve the, the patient experience, right? Because they're maybe getting discharged faster. They're getting through that process a little bit more, more quickly. Um, and so what we are really looking to do is help our health systems deal with staffing issues, not just staffing issue and the number of folks, but the skill set. We can now help customers bring back that nurse who has a bad back, who can't work on the floor, but has tons of experience, let's say in a burn unit. That nurse can now monitor patients remotely in a burn unit, working with that on the floor nurse who maybe just got out of school and help train her, you know, get her more experience, but also bring that expertise in remotely. So remote monitoring is really about enabling someone to remotely come in and either assess the patient or assist someone in, in the room or do functions that the floor nurse, you know, maybe doesn't have to do anymore. Interesting. Again, another way of uh, tackling the limited resources and maximizing patient care. Uh, very interesting. So, you know, one of the new trends, we hear a lot about hospital at home. Yep. It, w- it, w- it would appear to me that care agility is very well positioned to fit into that particular model. Sure. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And, and there's, there's kind of three components to the hospital and the home that healthcare systems need to, to address or to, to make it, I, I think, efficient. One is a device that captures vital signs or information, right? Whether it's a stethoscope or it's a blood pressure cuff or it's a heart monitor patch, right? So there's some device that needs to be available to capture information. There's also, we believe that there needs to be some sort of algorithm capable of taking data, that telemetry data, but also questions from the customer about are they eating? Are they getting up? Are they sleeping? Whatever those things are, combined with a visual interaction with the patient. And, and we think that if you combine those three things, you can have a successful virtual care program, you know, hospital in the home program. What we're seeing some customers do is start with the telenursing or the remote monitoring in the hospital and working out the kinks of all those, right? Working out what what monitoring device works best. And and so they're kind of piloting it and then they're gonna move it outside because another big challenge is the logistics of all that. Health systems don't necessarily have the logistics capability of, okay, I'm gonna send out the patient with this kit, right? And after 30 days, are we getting it back? Are we throwing it out? Who are we gonna clean it? What, you know, 
do we, you know, maybe it's in an area where they don't have enough bandwidth. So do I need to send nurse once a day or can we do the virtual sessions? Do I need to provide them with an iPad or an iPhone, you know, for, for low income folks? So I think a lot of the challenge isn't the technology as much as it is the logistics of getting it out there. But we fit right into that model and we're seeing customers use it um, today to start planning uh, on how they're going to be doing it. Oh, you, I think you nailed it in the context, or well, you nailed it across the board, but there's something uh, very specific that you mentioned. I have vitals. I'm capturing vitals. I'm really, I'm also capturing social determinants of health. Correct. You didn't right. use that, but that's what, that's what you're doing when you're talking about the environment and, you know, a diet and exercise, the non-clinical, right? And video and, and building an algorithm, AI, some would call that, around that to help again, create these efficiencies where I can be alerting my clinical team, hey, I think Mary needs some help, right? right. I, uh, my mother had cancer and my sister was the AI queen in that she was taking the vitals, writing it down on a piece of paper. And the visiting nurse would come three times a week. While I appreciate what the visiting nurse did, I, I also saw some efficiencies in that process in that one of the great things visiting nurse folks do is they build relationships with those patients sure. and they become ultimately part of family over, over time, right? But the point there being is taking that element out of the equation, if I knew, just like a doctor knows before they walk into the exam room, what those vitals were and what the sure. and if there was any urgency to see Yolanda, right? Uh, maybe I should be t- spending my attention over here where based on the uh, the AI algorithm, you know, someone's not eating, someone's not exercising, someone's not, sure. someone's vitals is unstable. I, again, limited resources. Unfortunately, we're in this time of, we just don't have enough trained resources to handle the volume of clinical needs, right? My, the, my audience has heard me say oh, many times before, we have a, an older age or sicker population and less doctors and nurses available right. to take care it's of that. That's, that's really yeah. the problem. Figure and out anything that, that we can do to get more information to the decision makers. And I'm a big believer. I I, I tend to call it augmented information. Okay. Right? That's a good one. Because it's yeah. it's not making decisions, but it's giving decision folks um, more more data to to make decisions on. So. You know, imagine if, if you are, you know, you got a heart monitor, so that's that's automatically up, uploading. And then, you you know, every day through Siri, you know, the, the patient answers 10 questions. And that combination of the, the vital signs and the answers to those questions sends an alert that says, you know what, we need to we need to do a session with this customer uh, or with this patient and help them kind of alert them to things that might be changing that they have to they have to look at so yeah it's a challenge for for our health systems to keep up with it but i also think that what COVID did for us is it normalized this experience the video experience and in fact we heard interesting feedback where patients felt like they had more of the caregivers attention over video than they did in person and we're like wow that doesn't make sense right but in the room, they're they typing on the, it. They didn't see the keyboard of the EHR that they had to type right. into? Exactly, because <laughs> I could be typing, but I'm still looking at you. And yeah. so when the room, I'm looking at my iPad or I'm looking at whatever the whatever I'm entering into, you know, my, my EHR. 
And so patients felt like they had more of a connection. And we're seeing that same thing with virtual sitting. A lot of hospitals used to use a one-way or audio. What we found is when the sitter introduces themselves through video to the patient, they create a little bit more of a bond and the, the patient reacts more when they interrupt them to, from getting out of their bed or seeing if they need anything. And so there definitely are benefits to a video. And I think the same would apply in hospital in the home. You know, when you have non-compliant patients, but they know they're going to look someone in the eye every day who checks up on them, maybe they'll take that medication, you know, or, or maybe they'll be more likely to, you know, make sure that they're wearing that patch because they're going to be seeing someone every day and there's that relationship that gets established. Yeah, and and it's okay. When the, that relationship is there and you have that trust, you know, it's almost as if you want to do something for that person, right? Sure. You, you, I want to get better. I want to show my visiting nurse or my the, the, that I, I can do what they're asking me to do, right? The more you engage the patient, the more the patient's going to respond with a behavioral change towards doing what you're asking them to do, right? Right. So uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Virtual Shift. I'm your host, Tom Foley. We're speaking with Michael Bandopino. He's the president and COO of Care Agility. And we're talking about uh, the uniquenesses of his platform, the, the inpatient virtual engagement, IV, I believe he calls it, refers to it as a telehealth platform for inpatient care, as well as perfectly suited for hospital at home. So as part of the prep for this discussion, there was a, a point made relative to the future of hybrid care. So I won't say anything more than that. So tell us what your vision is in context of hybrid care. So hybrid care really uh, it refers to this concept of leveraging people at the bedside. And I'm going to add ambulance. I'm going to tell, tell you why. You know, are there at the side uh, of the, the bed or, or with the patient, but bringing in capability, skill sets from wherever they are to augment the care that's given to the patient. And this comes in particularly useful with the shortage of nursing. You know, if you look at the statistics, we are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of nurses short, and that doesn't look like that's changing over the next five or 10 years. And so what do you do, right? And you have these very talented, skilled nurses who can no longer be on the floor, either health reasons or they've retired or they've moved, you know, moved out of the district. So the, the ability to marry that care with these, uh, you know, on-floor patients is really what hybrid's all about. But in order for that to work, you need to be able to remotely see and hear into the room at any time. And so what we really envision is empowering our customers to be able to have something in every room, but not just a camera and a USB. It's got to be something that's purpose-built. So night vision is important. The visual ability to remotely zoom in, high-end audio, that is critical. I believe audio is the most important part of a video call. If the audio isn't good, you, the call is un, unsuccessful. But if the video is not good, you can still have a successful call. So we've taken all these things into consideration, and we've combined kind of three things. One is purpose-built devices, right? We, we've designed them specifically for the health system's inpatient environment, night vision, and, and then the, the second component is the ability to remotely manage all these devices. So through a centralized admin portal, you can upgrade the software. You can see what's going on. You can reboot them. You know, there's a centralized way to manage this fleet of, of technology. And then the third component is we have through our cloud platform, the ability to 
manage down to a program level. So imagine if you have a device in every room and in the morning it's being used for uh, telerounding, then a behavioral health session, maybe a meeting with the cardiologist um, and sitting at night. We give the health systems the ability to assign people to each one of those programs and now they can report on how often those devices are used in what programs. So you can't do that with an off-the-shelf device, right, or something that you just plug in. So if you combine that manageable um, platform, which gives you the security to say, hey, this doctor can only go into the rooms with his patients, not every room on the floor, right? You want to make sure you know who's calling in. But that same device can be assigned to different programs. You can centrally manage it, like I said, and, and purpose-built devices. We believe that that is the formula for um, hybrid care to be successful. And the ambulance one is kind of interesting. Our platform has been able to been used uh, on ambulances and some programs that are trying to figure out, can we bring care and see if we can prevent that patient from having to go to the emergency room or maybe redirect them someplace else? So if we could bring those specialists in, you know, right before they even put that patient on the, the ambulance and say, oh, you know what? They don't need to come in. We recommend you go to, you know, an urgent care center or, you know, update your, your medication or something. And there's some pilot programs going around the country with that. So that's all hybrid care. It doesn't have to be just in the hospital room, but it's it's all all throughout the healthcare continuum. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and my brothers were all EMS drivers and and clinical staff. So we're stuck in an old model, with all due respect to our great delivery of care resources. Uh, in that we're trained to do, always do the same thing, and as soon as you try to break the mold, no, can't do it, right? And and but the point, and so the point there being is, you dispatch an ambulance, where do you go? Nine times out of ten, you're going to the ED, right? Right. But so so what you're saying, and I totally agree with you, is let can we do a greater engagement in the home or wherever that patient might be? And, and make it a clinical decision there and dispatch the patient back to their couch, if you will, and keep them in the home as opposed to expending the funds and the and the transport and the emergency room. You know, another area where uh, that might fit is also in corrections, right? Sure. Corrections is, is, is a bit like uh, EMS in the context of there's a lot of transport that needs to take place from the correctional institutions to the hospital. Uh, for small, uh, minor events, right? So bringing telehealth into a correctional institution and be, and with the types of uh, services that you're talking about can also address uh, uh, there as well. A very interesting what Care Agility is, uh, is doing. It's very uh, a compelling argument relative to how do we change the delivery of care. We're not doing anything out of the, you know, we're not too far off in, in virtual land where, you know, it's the impossible, right? These right. are small things that make a big, big difference. That's what care agility, that's when I hear what you're talking yeah, about care agility doing, yeah. it's, uh, it's, and, and it's incremental and very effective. So we need to do, in my view, relative to the virtual shift, we need to do more of that stuff, if you will. Not yeah. only in hospitals, EMS, I would imagine you equate SNFs to hospitals and, and being an in-setting scenario. Is that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, and think about, you know, a big topic today is, is health equity, you know, and virtual care can certainly help. 
Uh, we did a program um, with our partners, Phillips, um, on, on putting kiosks into VFW halls. And the, and the idea was, can, can we stop a, a vet from having to drive five hours to the nearest VA center to get that routine checkup and, and or the behavioral health session that they need, right? So bringing it closer to where the patient is, it doesn't matter where the caregiver is. If we could make it easier for them to get, maybe we could we could tackle some of those big challenges that we've had uh, in healthcare across across the space. And it's just it really just takes a little bit of creativity. It's not so much a technical challenge anymore as it is it's the logistics and changing the minds of both the caregivers and the patients about the viability of virtual care in, in almost any setting. Yeah, I hope you don't mind me saying this. When I hear more about care agility and telehealth, you know, when I hear telehealth, as I said earlier in the program, it's really a video, flat video. It is what it is. And it does have its purpose. But when you're able to provide an equal to or better than experience in clinical assessments uh, using a care agility platform, that's compelling in that, you know, a telehealth session, I'm not taking any vitals. Right, right. Right. I'm just seeing you and I'm hearing you. But there's uh, just like my keyboard of my EHR is out of the out of the equation, out of the video range of, uh, of the doctor. There's a lot of things that are out of range relative to the patient and what I'm not hearing. I can't sense your blood pressure, your pulse right. ox, your, you know, all that stuff. So there's there's a need to not only do video, but to create a, a an engagement platform that allows an equal to or better than experience as if you were in front of that doctor anyway. That's yep. that's the difference in what Care Agility is doing versus a video platform is doing. Would you I, you, agree? Thank you. Um, we're going to definitely use that because <laughs> that's exactly, you know, there's a very succinct way of saying it. And, and that's why, you know, we won an award, a class award two years in a row. And the category we're in is platform, not video communications. Video communications is Zoom and Teams and Teladoc, right? And yeah, we have video communications as a core of, of what we're delivering, but it's the workflow. It's the platform that makes it different. And you, you hit it on the head. That's really, that's really the differentiator and gets customers to embrace it into their workflows. They're not seeing it as a technology play as much as it is an ability to care for patients wherever they are. And that's when you hit the frictionless uh, solution, right? When you have a the platform that makes the difference, I heard you there, but when you're able to use that platform in a frictionless way and the patients don't even know they're, it's there, that's the nirvana, right. in my view, is, yeah, you know, I, I, I can engage and I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi and, you know, thinking with this, thinking with that, you know, that's that goes out the window. So. Um, so awesome work, care agility. Michael, I really do appreciate your time, your great insights, and I wish you uh, nothing but the best uh, in the future. Well, thanks for having me. really appreciate it. Enjoy the conversation. Awesome. I want to thank the show sponsors. HP, HP Engage Long Life Cycle Products provides the stability, safety, and security you need, plus flexibility and performance designed for today and tomorrow. As well, GenieMD providing a modular, scalable, and customizable virtual care platform and clinical services to help providers extend care into the home. 
increasing access and quality while driving new revenue opportunities. If you missed part of today's episode, you can tune in at the same time, 11 a.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern throughout the week, and be sure to check out the program page on healthcarenowradio.com. And remember, connect or follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter at Foley Tom, and follow the show's hashtag, The Virtual Ship. I'm Tom Foley. Until the next show.